the Reset Rebel podcast with me, Jeb Yule. And once again, uh, my sincere apologies. Um, I think we've had a little two-week hiatus like we have done so many times across the course of summer. Um, But I'm actually just not giving myself a hard time about it. In fact, I'm doing completely the opposite today. Um, And I'm kind of congratulating myself for knowing when to stop. Uh, And today is exactly one of those days. And we're sitting, uh, myself and today's podcast guest, on my absolute favourite venue on the whole island and uh, today is an actual day off, a national day off and you can hear a little bit of uh, action in the background. Um, We're sitting at Satrincha which is actually closed for the season. Um, One of our favourite previous podcast guests, John Satrincha, has left the building, he's gone off to Thailand Uh, but instead what I think we're witnessing is kind of like a little uh, pirate party. Uh, some of the staff members basically making use of the uh, the space and having their sort of little lunch and dinner party uh, soiree while there's nobody else here apart from us. And um, it's a kind of like a slightly choppy, windy day, but very beautiful, very sunny, um, hardly a cloud in the sky actually, and it's been absolutely pouring down for almost the best part of a week now. But it felt very apt uh, with today's guest, who I'm going to introduce you to very shortly, um, just to come and down tools for the day at the end of retreat season. Um, it's been a very, very, very busy October. And I'm just feeling really, really blessed, actually, to be here in this wonderful period of winter when there's nobody else, really. There's a few people knocking around this beach. We just had the mojito man coming by two minutes ago who walked from the length of the jockey club all the way down to Zatrincha with nobody here to offer us two drinks, which we didn't buy. <laughs> Bless him. Um, and of course, the uh, sort of sarong selling man who I think was definitely trying to flog us some weed. Um, so, you know, there's still some action to be had. Um, but yeah, it's just a really, really, really gorgeous time of year to be here um, with one of my favourite people in the whole wide world um, who I've been trying to get on this podcast for mm, at least six months or more. Um, but here she is, and I'm very, very, very happy that she's finally agreed to get on board with this because as everybody knows podcasting is one of my biggest passions in the world and the other thing we do together is of course yoga so I'm so happy and so privileged and so honoured and pleased to introduce you to my business partner of holy cow yoga Taran Boynton good afternoon good afternoon (laughs) putting me in my biggest uncomfortable zone well, they say, you know, the magic happens when you step out of your comfort zone or lay on the beach at Satrincha and drink cold Corona. So, you yes. know, we're, we're winning. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely more at home on the yoga mat than with a big fluffy stick shoved in my face. Well, you know, I think my, my old boss used to call this my muff, my filthy muff, which, as you can see, as always, is covered in quite a lot of filth, fluffy nobules, which I think have just sort of, you know, collected at the bottom of my basket today um, and sort of mixed and infused themselves with um, the rubbish at the bottom of my bag. It's kind of, you know, quite good to be shoving this in your face. Yeah, it's nice. It's never been um, shoved in my face quite like that before, darling. <laughs> well, I'm sure it never will be again, so take uh, take it while it's hot. <laughs> now, seriously, uh, <laughs> I can't imagine this podcast is going to be very serious, but, you know, to be here together at the end of retreat season, um, on the first day off, like the really proper first day off we've had really since our last retreat, mm-hmm. is just a pure joy. And we're in our favourite place in the whole wide world, on Ibiza. 
Yes, in a very different atmosphere. Normally heaving with people and now it's super quiet, which is beautiful. To just feel that rest after retreat season is um, yeah, a special thing that we need to give to each other, isn't it? And to encourage each other to do that as we do, to just say, stop, down tools, let's go and just have a chilled out day, even though you are still making me work. <laughs> I'm still, still on I'm the job, a sort day of. off, Jojo. <laughs> now here I am with the awful thing off in my face. Well, I say cheers to that. <laughs> chin chin. <laughs> it's the last one. We'll have to make this quick. It is. <laughs> but I, you know, the other thing I love about this is there's no shortage of uh, a spectacle when you're at Satrinja. I think you know, only a few. Uh, probably what was it a month ago when we wrapped up the last retreat? We all came here the day after uh, that we wrapped up uh, that uh, retreat, and basically. There was a woman who yeah. just literally had like a little skirt on and was like yeah. dancing almost basically naked in, yeah. in Satrincha, just having the time of her life. She had the yeah. best pair of boobs I think I've ever seen. She had the most even pair of boobs I've ever seen, definitely, and yeah. didn't care at all. And neither did anybody else. <laughs> That's the beautiful thing, isn't it? Nobody, imagine doing that in England. Everyone would just be staring, but here nobody battered an eyelid. It was completely normal. And yeah, how lovely to feel so free on the dance floor dancing around in just a little skirt I mean she had the hottest bod she had a little child with her and I was like you know what if I was a mum and I had a little kid that age I'd be pretty proud of my uh, my physique as well and rightly so and that's why we love Ibiza and use it as a retreat destination is you know it's just a place that both of us feel unbelievably at home and I'm lucky enough to call it home we're obviously still trying to get you here but you know it's a work in progress I'm, I'm, one of these yeah. days it's on the cards I'm not sure I think man is stamping his broom over there in the frustration the ice darling it's fine oh he's breaking up the ice I don't know what he's doing in there but no another thing about Ibiza I was talking to a friend the other day about yeah, it feels like we're in the House of Commons now. Actually, it's like, <laughs> do we have to stop talking with that banging going on? No, we don't. No, we're quite enjoying the the, uh, the cacophony and chaos. But it's usually it's a trincher. It's being replaced by a man getting his ice bucket prepared for another glass or bottle of rosé, and uh, rightly so. End of season vibes. I actually still don't know what he's doing. He's hitting something with a stick. That's fine, as long as it's not us. So no, what I was going to say is I was talking to someone else the other day, another friend about Ibiza and. The fact that everyone seems to have the same struggles no matter what social status you're in. So the people that come and live in the vans here struggle with electricity and water. Yeah, I've got a friend who lives in, you know, the most amazing villa, pays a fortune for it and still struggles with electricity and water. So you can meet people and just have the common ground no matter what social status you're in. I think that vibrating sound is not uh, electricity or it's water, it's a, it's a boat cruising past in the distance that's um, obviously very, very, very noisy. I mean, water here, we are surrounded by it right now in the uh, stunning beach that is Salinas, but it's like, you know, water here to get clean, sanitary water. water and drinking water is a real yes. issue. I've started even, started doing it this week, boiling the tap water. So I do that at home. I boil kettles full of tap water and pour it into jugs so I don't have to go and buy the water. Just to save, just to do your little bit, isn't it, to try and save... As we all know, trying to not buy the plastic is hard. If you're out and you need a drink, you end up buying whatever you can to drink. So just trying to prepare. You have to be a bit organised to prepare, don't you? To plan for being eco-friendly. It doesn't just happen. <laughs> it, takes a, it takes a little bit of effort. I mean, there are wells on the island that I go and fill up the water from regularly, yeah. but the one that's actually got the best quality is basically miles away, and the one closest mm. to me, once you start to boil it, it's full of this white powder, which is like cal, yeah, yeah. calcium or... Well, yeah, it's just whatever it is, it's basically going to harden up your arteries and insides. It can't be good for you. So yeah, yeah, for yeah. me, I feel like the water struggle here is a very real problem, problem. an issue. Um, but, you know, when you do come to the beach and you are 
lying here in the sunshine, obviously mm. wanting to stay hydrated, there are limited, limited options um, to get hydrated. And we experienced yeah. that actually at Pasha not that long ago in the summer. I made a little post about it on the Reset Rebel mm. account because it was like, actually, when you drink the water in Pasha out of the tap from a plastic bottle that you bought for 10 euros from the previous two sips that you were privileged enough yeah. to pay all that money for previously, actually, it doesn't taste salty. It's no. actually okay. Yeah, not salty. Neither of us died. <laughs> Luckily. But no, we drank that tap water all night and it wasn't salty and we didn't have a, any signs of sickness the next day at all. And we saved ourselves about 100 euros each. Are we allowed to say that or are Pasha going to never let us enter the building again? I don't care. I just yeah. don't care. No, I'd rather not important. go to Pasha again if they're actually going to ban me from saying such a thing on a podcast. Well, if you do, take a bottle of water. <laughs> or a Corona. <laughs> I just, you know, you know what really hit me the other day, actually, is I went to the BeFit gym um, with a friend on a guest pass because she just invited me. And actually, I didn't bring, uh, I forgot to bring my water bottle with me. And then the only option to get water, I went into the Passion Cafe, which is part of the BeFit gym. And I said, can I have a glass of water? And they said, no, you can only buy it. And I had no cash. I just had my card, which I didn't have with me in the gym. I was gasping. And the only option was to buy a plastic bottle of water out of a machine in a gym that charges like 100 quid a month for a membership. It's like, Mm -hmm. can you really not supply a water filter system? There's different options as well that people can do, but we're just not doing enough, are we? But, you know, go to different parts of the world, like Costa Rica, where I went earlier this year. Don't have plastic, don't have straws. They just don't have them. It's not a case of let's try and restrict it. It's a case of let's just not do it. And that's what we have to start and do, isn't it, to make a difference? I mean, yeah. I mean, every little helps, I think, as Asda says. But ultimately, it's really true. And, you know, I do try to walk my walk as much as possible on this island, but, you know, they don't half make it difficult. Mm, Not easy, not easy. I think, you know, plastic-free is an issue everywhere. And there's an event at the Hub tonight, actually, with a, uh, there is a plastic-free organisation here called Plastic Free Ibiza. Yeah. Um, and they are talking about exactly that. And I think by 2023, the Balearics, which is obviously the sea uh, that surrounds this wonderful island that we live on, yeah. um, you know, is supposed to be plastic-free by 2023 because there's a real, real issue here. I mean, you know, obviously everywhere in the world, but I think that, yeah, you know, yeah. it's going to be interesting to see how the Balearics will step up to that because... Yeah. yeah, the problem is a, is a crisis as far as I'm concerned because everybody mm. comes here in the summer that's a tourist. They don't mm. really care so much because they don't live here and they just yeah. all they do is buy plastic bottles. Where do those bottles go? You know, how does people, mm. you know, none of those apartments that are rented out on a tourist license, like everything that has a tourist license in terms of the accommodation should have a, a, a water filtration system yeah. that makes it, you know, that should be part of the licensing for those kind of properties because really... Yeah, yeah. Is, it's not really the people that live here that are drinking water out of plastic bottles. No, no, it's the tourists. And then they get thrown on the beach and then they get washed into the ocean and, yeah, yeah, makes a big old mess. But Ibiza's doing better than... Ibiza definitely does better than England, I think. To say that England is supposed to be, you know, ahead of the game in a lot of things, it definitely isn't where that's concerned mm. at all. I mean, it's just a, it's just struggle is real all over the place. I mean, but, you know, at least it's not as bad as it is in India, mm. which is, uh, mm. of course, our other favourite yoga retreat destination on the planet. And, yeah, yeah. you know, that is just Shocking. a disaster, really. And I actually heard a rumour, I was chatting to somebody about this the other day, that they ship a lot of their plastic bottles from here to India. I don't know if that's true. Can Do you, you get... even imagine that being possible? What, to, to dispose of them? Uh-huh. Oh, my God, no. Mm. No. Well, they just get, get their plastic waste out of Europe and send it over to Indonesia just to store it and just to bury it because they don't want it to be buried here so they bury it over there which is like horrific and I'm sure maybe they pay money to be the host for our possible way I mean again that's just a classic example of us not thinking as a one whole planet thinking of separate bits isn't it 
which is where the problem is. We need to all work together, don't we, and stop it all over the world, not just shipping it from one place to the next, because it's the whole planet is one that's going to suffer. Absolutely, and I think just even every everybody that we know buying a, a proper water bottle um, mm. and you know trying to carry their own water to yoga classes, yoga retreats, obviously on our what to do and what to bring list now we include that, and that's yeah. become more of a theme more recently in the last few years, but it wouldn't really have crossed my mind actually, maybe three or four or five mm. years ago. So yeah. it's interesting how that's kind of come to the fore. So what what was it that brought you to Ibiza originally? What you know, how did you discover this island? Obviously this is where we met. We didn't yeah. meet in England, we did meet in Ibiza. Yeah. Um, when you actually came to do a yoga retreat in my house. I did. First though came to Ibiza when I was seventeen for the parties. To be honest, the sunshine and the parties, that was it. I wasn't into yoga then when I was so young. Just fell in love with the island, fell in love with the freedom of the island and the fact that you could be whoever you wanted. Everyone was completely different and people celebrated just being your true self and who you really were here. And it just felt like a place that I could connect with my true self, even back then. Um, And then I went home to England and just kept coming every year. And then, yeah, obviously when I had the got into the yoga and wanted to do retreats, then this was just the, the obvious choice to bring people to, to hopefully let my students connect with that part of themselves that just has those moments of freedom. And, I, you know, if I want to stick my head in the water and go for a swim, I can. There's no restrictions, no holding back. Just do whatever makes you feel good and free. And yoga connects you with that, and so does the island. So bringing it together was just the perfect place for me. But back then, when you were 17, you were coming here to party. I mean, you know, how regularly were you coming and what, you know, how, what was it? I mean, obviously about the freedom angle is, 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 I think, is the theme about people come here and find a little piece of them that is missing when they're elsewhere and they're in a conditioned, you know, way of being in in other countries where, you know, life is a bit more traditional. Well, I came when I was 17, just on holiday, and then... It was just, didn't want to go home. So after two weeks, I said to my then boyfriend, let's try and find an apartment. And if we can find an apartment today, we will. And then we stayed for a year. So we were here for a whole year. Um, and just didn't leave for that whole year. Certain friends kept coming out to see us and to stay with us. And it was just, yeah, for me, going back. The comparison between here and England, for me, I grew up in the middle of England. It was quite restricting. In what um, way? In the way of I was doing my A-levels, I think, at the time, and I wanted to be a dancer, and I remember having a chat with um, a careers advice person. I wanted to be a dancer. And they said, um, oh, no, pick a, pick a normal job. Like, that's just a, you know, a hobby or a dream. You've got to pick a normal job to do, like a lawyer or a policewoman. Or... So I thought, OK, I'll be a lawyer, and was just deeply, deeply, deeply unmotivated by the idea of that. I was brought up in the middle of England... By obviously an amazingly wonderful family, but they, you know, from their generation, I was told that, you know, life is hard, life is shit, get a job, you know, work a job that you hate just to pay the mortgage, and that's what people do to be happy. And I just always questioned that. And in England, there was no place for that. So I felt like everybody was going one way and looking this way, and I was facing the other, and just never felt like that made sense. I was always questioning that and thinking, no, life is not shit. Life is not here for it to be hard. Life is here to be happy. And appreciate everything and seize every moment that you can. And I don't believe that it's like that. And until I came here, I thought, yes, I'm right. I'm because, right. You, because you've all oh, we've got a bit of accoutrement. We've got our own little yeah, guitar. Life is, life is wonderful, and life is, is there to be enjoyed and celebrated. And you, there is another way. And yeah, growing up in Chesterfield in England, like I say, 
everybody was going on that path. Nobody else was turning the other way. And I came here and thought, aha, that's where people are all facing the same way as me. I but think. you came here and became a dancer. Yeah, so I was a dancer, yeah, so I did do that, exactly. So I did come here and I was a dancer in Esparadie for a year. How was that? Amazing. Never had visions. I was visioning more ballet when I was talking to my career advice. And because, you see, this is what happens because they turned me away and tried to kind of shut my idea down, I ended up being a dancer in Esparadie in a cage. <laughs> Not what I had envisioned, but I was dancing. <laughs> being hoiked above the dance floor for six hours of an evening. And then let down for a drink of water <laughs> in a plastic bottle. A slave in a cage. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I did it anyway. This is what I mean. People will find, wouldn't you, 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 people will find their true path, won't they? Whether, whether that goes this way or this way, they will always come back to the essence of what they really want to do. So, yeah, that's why, you know, since having children myself, I always so, so try to encourage them because you either encourage them on their path and help them find that path and it will be the righteous one or the right one for them or you don't and they'll find it anyway but it might not end up being so wholesome mm. well you know I think there's many different paths as we all know but mm. particularly in Ibiza you know I think you can have a foot in both camps and that's you know the beauty of balance on this island of being mm. drawn to one thing and then needing the other to kind of reset and balance out I mean you, I mean, I, I personally before I came here, I went deep into a, a yogi hole um, mm. and I didn't drink and I didn't really, you know, have any relationships with men for a bit. And, mm. you know, I really went on the yoga path and it, for about a year I was like deliriously happy. But then I was like, what the hell am I doing? Like, it's I really need to get a bit more balance <laughs> yeah. in check. And my first yeah. year here, I completely undid all of that and went the opposite way. Mm. And I think now I'm definitely more, you know, balanced. Yeah, a foot in all camps, actually, mm. which is great. And I'm having the time of my life, actually. Mm. But I think, you know, it's so easy to go in one direction and not, you know, really consider all angles. And I think mm. that's not happiness by being so disciplined. I love discipline. Mm -hmm. This is a word that's been coming up for mm, both of us a lot yes. recently. And I'm yes, happiest yeah. when I'm disciplined and I can say no to things that I know aren't particularly going to embellish yeah, my contentment and my yes. comfortableness for the long term. Sometimes things that we think are going to make us happy for ten minutes, and they do. But then it's the it's the after effects of that, isn't it? But you know, what what does yoga give you? And it's like, well, for me, it gives me a lot of strength. Mm -hmm. um, when I'm doing lots and lots and lots of yoga, I'm more able mm -hmm. to say no, more able to tune into what it is that I want and what I need, yeah. what's best for me, and to say no to the things that don't necessarily make me happy but what, what you know how would you describe that yoga journey and where did it begin for you for me so yeah like I say I was 17 I was living here I went back to England tried to settle tried to conform as everyone said you know typical mortgage blah blah, blah get happy this is what you do tried it for a bit didn't like it ended up in Tenerife came home ended up in Thailand came home ended up in Florida so just used to come go back to um my hometown for a bit probably about four or five months and then just think no I'm not ready that's not me and I did that pattern until I was about 21 and then I got back to England and thought right I'm gonna do that get a house and, and I did it then spent a few years or maybe one year in Chesterfield and then moved to London um and then what took yeah, you to before, London the same job so I had a job in Chesterfield and they just transferred me to London and said because I was good. I've always been the kind of person that if I'm doing something, I do it 100%. And I, do, I try and do it well. So even though I wasn't particularly happy being a financial advisor, which is what I did, 
dear God. Can you believe that? Have I ever no, told I can't, you? actually. I think you have mentioned it in the past, but mm. I tried to block it out of my mind. I'm really shit with my own money, but I was really good with everybody else's. So, actually, I just managed the office. I was in the middle of London, London Bridge, managing an office with 45 IFAs, so financial advisors from the city of London. <laughs> I've got to look back at it now and think, oh, my God, how I ever did it. But I did. I loved it. It was a challenge. It's completely not me. Then I had kids. Obviously, I met Keith, my fabulous husband, ex-husband now, but still fabulous husband, and had two beautiful children. And before I got pregnant with Rhea, I wanted to do something to get fit. That's the honest answer. So I went to a gym and stumbled into a yoga class. And um, it was an Ashtanga class. And I just remember thinking, oh my God, like I was in awe of how these people were moving so gracefully and so slowly and with so much control over their bodies but in these crazy poses and it just looks beautiful and from the first class I was addicted and for me it was stillness for me that's my one word for yoga is stillness something that I'd never felt quite a high energy person as you know the mind is always like going the body's always going I'm always doing something and for the first time in my life ever I felt still I was like oh beautiful I wouldn't Loved ever it. call still a word I would associate <laughs> with you. No, but with yoga I am. I'm so different when I'm practising. But Ashtanga is like the most, yeah, movement heavy, apart mm. from the five breaths in each mm. posture, which of course, mm. yeah, absolutely requires stillness, but ultimately mm. it is quite a hectic, hectic uh, series. Yeah, hectic. I don't, I don't feel hectic with Ashtanga strong. I feel hectic with all these crazy yogas that are now being invented, like rocket yoga and or whatever, you know, all these other yogas, they're all fast and furious and the music's loud and rah, rah. That's not my thing. My thing is, Ashtanga to me is slow and controlled and steady. Strong, yes. Continuous movement, yes. But, str- but, um, but steady. And really slow. You're supposed to feel very relaxed and very calm with it. That's what the breath's for. That's why you marry it perfectly with the breath. So I don't ever feel like that when I'm practicing. So that journey began in a gym, and then in how did you take that further to go, right, I want to go on a teacher training, and what took mm. you there? Yeah, so I carried on doing it for a year there. And then even though she was an amazing teacher, teaching in a gym, you can never, you don't have the same students, you can, I don't think she, you, she could be her best teacher there. So I then found another teacher called Melanie Ashley in London, bless her, who was in St Albans, where I was living at the time, who was, to me, a true yogi absolutely beautiful woman taught me such a lot and I remember walking into the class and she said have you done Mysore before and the typical ego kicks in it's like yes I've done Mysore thinking I have no fucking idea what, what, what's Mysore didn't know anything about it and then she was like okay carry on and, and everybody was just Mysore is self-practice you just do your practice and the teacher comes and helps I hadn't got a clue what I was doing and then I had to quickly own up and um, I didn't really know what Mysore was and, um, from there we had a beautiful relationship and yeah, my vulnerability was brought out from the first class. <laughs> and I still love her to bits. And she, so when I had um, Rhea, I had my first daughter, I didn't want to go back to doing the financial advice that I was doing before. And um, it was her that suggested that I teach. She could see how much I loved it. Um, and she suggested that I taught. Not with her, not, you know, to, to, not do it with me to get some money. It was go and find the teacher training course and do it. And I did. I did my teacher training with Ryan Spielman in London, which was amazing. And I've not looked back since. I've been teaching ever since. So you did the 200 hours in Ashtanga? 200 hours with him, and then I did 300 hours in India. After. But he was the first one that I did, yeah. 
Yeah. Who was the second teacher? In India, I can't remember the name. It was at Mandram. Mandram in Ashiana? It was Ashiana in Mandram Beach. Okay, so that's where I did my first teacher training. We must have had this conversation before. We have had this conversation before. <laughs> yeah. It's weird, isn't it, that we've had the same kind of little path? Oh, oh, it's the mojito man. He's coming back. He's not taking no for an answer. <laughs> <laughs> Are they free this time? He's trying to reduce the prices now. Yes. Oh, we've gone down to four euros Two a pop. Two for eight euros. What do you think of her toes? Muy bonito. Taran, you know, just to be man on the scene that's describing what the uh, what's actually happening here. Taran is having a foot massage of her incredible elephantitis, which she has in her toes. <laughs> My grande toes. Oh, that's good. Taran is having a foot massage by the mojito man who is one-handedly holding his tray of strawberry daiquiri. And um, yeah, there is a mojito man actually that lives in Ibiza, um, and he works in Formentera as well. And he's got a brilliant Instagram account. He's got like a, I don't know, hundred thousand really? followers or more. And he basically makes mojitos oh, in that. the sea in his diving gear, and then he swims over to yachts, ah, and they've usually got celebrities on them. And he basically, yeah, makes cocktails for um, very wealthy people on boats and posts it on his Instagram. And I think, well, he goes to Barbados in oh. in the winter. And um, Taran's oh, having a wonderful time. <laughs> that was so nice. Maybe that's what happened to that boat <laughs> okay. over there. Oh, thank you so much. Not today. Um, maybe that's what happened to that boat over there. That the boat right in front of us. It was sitting outside the Trinchen, right in front of us. I was here with you actually, probably about six months ago, mm. and there was a boat that had been sort of moored. Um, obviously by accident on some sort of posidonia the seaweed that comes into the shore and I think it was probably upright for maybe a month or two now it is on its side with yeah. some brilliant graffiti artwork on the yeah. underbelly of it yeah. and it's become almost like an art installation uh, on the beach of Salinas now no one seems to know how this boat got stuck there or why it's not been moved but I'm saying like maybe Mojito Man obviously served up one too many to the skipper and that's how it ended up on the beach <laughs> Really, hashtag only in Ibiza. (laughs) Anyway, back to the yoga chat for the podcast. I mean, this is so yogic, chatting to Mojito Man, but it is all about the balance. A day off should be a real day off, and you should be able to have a few drinks if you want to. And and eat a bag of crisps like we did with our lentil roasted crisps that were called Eat Eat Healthy. We have to talk about those. I quite like Eat Real. real. 40% less fat, gluten-free and vegan vegan lentil crisps. I mean, they were the most delicious thing with dill flavour. And we're not being sponsored by them, but I have to say, if you, find a, if you find a bag on your travels, yeah, do yeah. invest, because they were the, one of the most delicious things I've ever um, consumed. Because it's hard to find healthy stuff like that that tastes good. Especially in Spain, unless good. it's like a bag or a basket of bread and yeah, yeah. Um, a tub of alioli, which is um, yeah. very hard to avoid over here. Yeah, I haven't had any yet. I've been on the island for how many days? Three. No. Four. <laughs> five. Any advance on four, possibly five. <laughs> Okay, we're not having any today. Ah, four, you're right. No, No, I don't mind having a little day off, but, you know, it doesn't end in a a basket of bread and a tub of alioli. I think mojito for me is... uh, I love... There's a guy (laughs) over there who was sort of all stretched out under the wings of Seth's Trincher, which are kind of like a thatched roof made from these awesome, like, palm trees. Mm. He's naked as the day he was born. He keeps glancing over, very hopefully. Not quite sure. (laughs) He can massage your righty. My lefty. Oh, the lefty's available <laughs> for you. Well, one foot left. I can't believe he. Well, did you hear what he said? Um, he I was trying to. He said "muy grande." Muy grande. Yeah, is exactly. You, you have got the biggest trotters in town. My big toe. I have a toe little. Mm. That's why I can balance in yoga so well. 
<laughs> Basically, you are a machine, a yoga machine. I mean, I haven't met a more lean, mean fighting machine in all my days. And the moment we met at Samskara at my retreat house, what, four years ago? Yeah, yeah, it will be now. Yeah, I was a bit in awe of your, your physical attributes, which are basically <laughs> an ironing board for a stomach. The longest, skinniest, most muscular, lean, fantastic, strong legs. And yeah, arms like Madonna, basically. My, my, yeah. my yoga inspiration was a lady called Sally... No, can't remember her last name right now, of course. <laughs> it has been about 10 years since I saw her. Yeah. But Sally um, from Brighton used to teach this flow class with music. and But it was her body, as well as the fact that she put music with yoga, that first made me think, ooh, this is interesting. It was a cross between sort of like a flow, vinyasa class, really. Yeah. But with music, and she would build the sequence, and we'd go round and round and round the mat in all different directions. And then at the end she would put the whole thing together almost like a dance to music like all the different sequences then we would then put the whole thing together yeah. and do it to music and she used to be an aerobics instructor and she had this bleach blonde hair and that you know she taught right up until she was 70 but mm. her arms were just so defined and so lean just like yours and her physique was yeah. just so strong all this tiny little waist and this gorgeous body and she was just you know strong like really yeah. Her strength of character, I believe, deeply came from her strong practice. Yeah, and absolutely. I really notice it about myself. The more yoga I do, which I've done a <laughs> hell of a lot more of recently than I have done across the course of the summer, because mm. I've been doing more podcast work, when I get back into my practice big time, mm. I'm just able to make decisions better. Mm. And I, I, I'm more in my body, I'm more in my mind, I'm more yeah. enabled to make my own decisions about what it is that I really, really want. Because yeah. I'm more in tune with my... You know, with my everything, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's another thing about um, the yoga for me is about, so the stillness is something that I absolutely adore from it. And because I do Ashtanga, I think people, someone asked me on the teacher training course that I'm teaching on in the minute, if you ever get bored, like, do you ever get bored of doing the same poses every day? The same thing, the same poses until you move on obviously but you generally do repeat the same things quite a lot with Ashtanga and for me no repeating the same poses is where that comes from that that strength and that confidence and that getting to know yourself ultimately when you're practicing yoga it's a relationship with you isn't it I get on my mat and it's like holding the mirror up to you you know as we all know it's not just a physical practice it's more of a mental practice and the minute that mirror is held up to you, you can't hide from yourself on the mat. Whatever you're going through, you're faced with straight away. And you have to own up and face yourself, which is where that strength comes from. And for me, having the same practice and the same poses, even though it might look the same on the outside, there's so much more going on inside. So you see me doing trikonasana, say, and it looks the same, but it's different every single day. There's a million things going on inside, whether that be changing the breath and playing with the breath or playing with the energy in the body or playing with just a different little movement in the pose just to make it a little bit different and see how it feels mm. that's where you get that that real sense of knowing your body and connecting with you mm. ultimately falling in love with yourself isn't it that's what yoga's about and then when you fall in love with yourself then you get that strength and that confidence mm. uh, for me it, connection you know yeah, 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 when you yeah. spend 90 minutes just breathing basically mm. and being yeah, yeah. really deeply connected to that rhythm I think you can't walk out of that wherever you are whether it be your own home or Mm. or a studio not really having explored a part of you that you Mm. weren't able to access 
by just being out and about in your everyday existence when you get on your mat exactly that it's time to tune in and uh you know whether you do it through meditation or going for a hike or going to the gym i mean yeah, a, a different strokes for yeah, different yeah. folks but for, yeah. for, for us and for me and you particularly i think ashtanga is definitely mm. a place that you find that and i think you, you yeah. know we can spend a lifetime looking yeah. for that one thing that's going to be our place you know some people find it through sitting in a in an altar in a church and praying mm. and some people find it through oh it's a daisy rule number one of podcasting definitely turn your phone off sorry <laughs> bad point <laughs> no it's all good I've had worse on this podcast that's for sure and I think you know people find different ways to connect to themselves and you yeah, know totally. I think that you've definitely found the one that mm. enables you to find the peace and the stillness and the quiet yeah, yeah, yeah. or the place where you can connect to that part of you that needs yeah relaxation and um a little bit of letting go and a little bit of uh acknowledgement of where you're at and you know this is the thing that i love most about the fact that we've teamed up because i'm going to tell a little story actually shortly before uh we started to work together um i actually had a man on this podcast called brandon block who many people might know as a dj and he gave me this book by simon sinek and it was only like the second or third time we'd met and he gave it to me and he was like um it's called uh, things are better together mm. Mm. and I was a bit like oh god that looks a bit ridiculous and just like you know it was like little short quotes and lots of pictures and whatnot and I thought oh, you know dismissed it didn't really look at it and then one day I really sat down with it and I was like I'm gonna I'm gonna read this from cover to cover and I I, I did and by the end of it I was like I'm so sick of working by myself yeah, yeah. and doing everything for myself and being alone yeah. in my work and actually you know, I've tried to team up with a million people in the past. I'm not going to lie. I've tried to work with so many different people, uh-huh. like from sports trainers to other yoga teachers, etc. But I don't know what it is about our dynamic. And because you teach Ashtanga, I was a little bit like, mm, maybe that's not going to work. But actually, mm-hmm. me being a non-linear practice and you being a more of a linear, although there's a lot of softness and yeah. flow to your practice and an, embodied, an embodiment, which I didn't yeah, expect. Yeah. It just, I don't know. I just really have honestly found someone that, yeah. you know, kind of complements what I do and the fact that we just have such a wonderful bond and connection mm-hmm. I didn't ever dream I could find someone to work with that actually makes me really love love retreat life the way it yeah, has become yeah. in the last few years it's like it's completely changed for me me too I always knew that though remember when I first met you and I said we are going to be friends forever and you were, you were looking at me a trance, like, it's you crazy, lunatic it's crazy <laughs> lunatic Ashtanga northern bird no don't know what she's talking about and here we are four years later working together but it does work so perfectly the ashtanga can be quite can be quite a harsh practice yeah quite strong quite dynamic quite hard and people get stuck and it's a bit too harsh on especially female bodies mm. sometimes i think so that's why i definitely try to bring that embodiedness into it to try and find your flow in your ashtanga practice but you know then you come in and teach the other class which is all about flow and finding that freedom of movement in the joints and together it's the perfect Mm. mix the perfect balance which is why Mm. so many people love our retreats because they get such a good good balance well i think our little little relationship as well they all love our relationship (laughs) everyone on our retreats always says you two are so meant to be friends (laughs) it's it's beautiful isn't it what we create is beautiful it's like a sort of yoga marriage really yeah yeah that's my i am the sort of yin to your yang and sometimes you are actually the yin to my yang (laughs) Mostly the other way around, but sometimes. Oh, I don't know. I think we're a bit of a balance with that one. Mm. <laughs> the best notes happen when we're both on the yang. 
<laughs> love those nights. Oh, God. <laughs> there seems to be one brewing right now. It's all good. <laughs> Thank God, John. Thank God the restaurant's not open and there's no, uh, no more drinks at the bar. There's one at the end of the beach, darling. Don't worry. Oh, I've already The club spotted. is still open. <laughs> yes. Do you know what? The funny part for me is that go this podcast, actually, the very first word I uttered on it was um, in winter, in March... 2017 when I first recorded the very 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 first podcast I've just been on a hike over those mountains that you can see just there the five MFs as we affectionately term them in Cactus Falco and I came back on such a high from that hike I was like right I'm going to record the intro and I'd recorded the first interview days and days before weeks before but I was too scared to start this podcast and I actually came down in March 2017 to record the introduction at Jockey Club and there was a load of guys in there just like there was here only an hour ago they've all vanished now I didn't even notice them leave they've all gone Mm -hmm. but there was a a little sort of renegade party going on over there and there was bottles and bottles and bottles of wine on the table and they you know I went down there in my sort of hiking gear and sort of sat by the shoreline and started to record the introduction and could just hear this raucous laughter of you know (laughs) sort of 20 or 30 Spanish men having like a wine tasting party in the jockey club out of season it's like you know there's just it just feels kind of like coming full circle here to a degree sitting here doing it now with you at Satrincha out of season and Mm. although I love Satrincha in season when it's all rocking and there's people and there's music yeah yeah this for me is probably like my favorite favorite time of year October and we just you know finished our retreats for the season and it's just a magical 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 time of the year to be here and to be here in I don't know we're both in bikinis bikinis and it's just, it's so blissful mm. to be here in the peace and quiet of a sort of an October mm-hmm. Friday afternoon. Happy days. But that's back to the balance thing, isn't it? So you've got to have the crazy, like, summertime of Ibiza, but then you've also got to have this rest period. And that's what, that's what we talked about this morning, about, OK, now it's time to rest. We all need that, don't we? The busyness and the rest. But it's so hard to, like, actually... Okay, this is the battle I had with myself this morning. Yeah. My, we were going to go to yoga this morning together at 6am to my other favourite, um, or my Ibiza favourite yoga teacher on the island. There's, yeah. not, there's not many people here that teach yoga that I really, really love their classes, yeah. not going to lie. Um, and anyway, Anna McCall, who I absolutely adore, was doing this intensive this week, and I, I really had a word with myself at 6am this morning because like, mm-hmm. my body said no you're not going to go but Mm -hmm. my head was like well I'm sorry I'm awake now and I'm not going back to sleep so you're either going to lie here awake and feel guilty about not going or you're just going to go and it's like where does that line between self-care exist and the one between not being a flaky person in Ibiza who Mm -hmm. says they're going to do something and not turn up Mm -hmm. now which is it is it self-care or is it Mm -hmm. commitment and being respected as a person who actually commits and agrees and decides to attend something and, and keeps their word. Yeah, that, yeah. for me, is all part of yoga as well. And this morning, I mm. really was stuck between a rock and a hard place of, oh, my God, I'm exhausted. Like, I feel like I want to cry. But equally, yeah. I really want to go to that class and show up and be seen because I said I was going. Yeah. Now, how do you, you know, how do you win that battle in your head? Because you are so much more decisive than I am. <laughs> <laughs> and you're much more able to yeah, tune into yeah. what you really need and just say, well, I don't care. I don't care what anyone thinks. Yes. I don't want to go. And I'm not like that because I actually even texted you and was like, oh, I don't know what to do. Yeah, Did you? Well, this morning, did you? No, yesterday, yesterday. about an, another thing yes. that I'd agreed to do, which you I did. was just so tired. I just couldn't actually go. I actually went to bed and stayed there for about 12 hours. Yeah, you know, but it's so important to just know what you really want to do. And generally, people understand if you've said you're going to do something, then you should always try and stick to it. But there are just certain times that if you've been working as hard as you have 
you can't, physically cannot do it and that person understands and how many times I've know I've done this a million times and we've done this with each other that I'm, I'm sitting at home thinking oh you know I don't want to do that but I'm not going to let Joe down and then you'll cancel or, or the other way around and I go thank god so generally if the energy around that one decision is oh, I'm not going to do it then you can guarantee the other person is probably feeling exactly the same so you just got to be true to yourself always never you know, never put yourself in a situation that you don't really want to be in because then ultimately you're expecting everybody else's happiness to be based on the fact that you're there and it is and it isn't is it like it isn't and God it shouldn't no. be like that because that's too much pressure and and they're fine without you and the only argument for me with that is with yoga because there's many a time I self-practice a lot because I've practiced Ashtanga and there's many a time that I think oh god like my body's tired or can't be bothered to get on the mat today and I do think that even after 15 years I do think that but I've never, ever, ever regretted a practice. I've always regretted the times I didn't get on my mat. Well, so that was what was going on in my always. head this morning. I was like, how am I going to feel when it gets yes. to 9am yeah. and I've done two hours of yoga from You're sunrise? You're going to feel amazing. And I did. And exactly. I actually cried on my mat this morning. I had yeah, every yeah, yeah. emotion known to man. Mm -hmm. I huffed and I puffed trying to get into eagle position. Like I just yeah, couldn't. Yeah. I had no balance. My ankle was weak. So I got a stupid spider bite. Yeah. I was hot, I felt <laughs> sick, I felt heavy, I yeah. felt, and I felt rage, actually. Yeah, there was one yeah, point yeah. where I was just like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> obviously I didn't externalise that particular yeah. language at 7am this morning, but I was like <laughs> really not happy. But actually, you know what? When I got into my car at 9am, yeah, yeah. I actually sort of sat on my wheel and took a few deep breaths before I took off and I was like, I do feel good. And mm. if I'd woken up with all of that to deal with for the first two hours of my waking existence by myself, mm. or maybe I probably mm. would have pushed myself to go to the gym or something, it wouldn't have been the same no. and I've had the best day since then because mm -hmm. I've acknowledged that's how I'm feeling and actually what happened yeah. was I took that time and experience for myself to to check in yes, and notice exactly. how I felt and yeah. not be okay with it because I wasn't okay but I actually acknowledged I don't feel good today yeah, yeah. Um, there's not so much I can do about it but at least I'm here and I'm feeling yeah. into that space of feeling really panties and mm. And actually, I don't, it's okay, you know, it's such a cheesy phrase, but it's okay not to be okay. Mm, yeah, and actually to tell people sometimes that, yeah, you're just not feeling that great. And even mm. Anna came up to me at the end of the practice because I was very huffy and puffy and just frustrated with myself. You know, when you mm. just haven't got that balance, you haven't got that grace, you haven't got that strength, you haven't yeah. got that ability to, yeah. you know, do all the balancing poses and twists. And, you know, for me, eagle yeah. pose is probably one of the most brutal anyway on a, on a bad day. Uh -huh. That's like actual human torture <laughs> so maybe then maybe you know anything that you're checking in with yourself that's a really good thing to say isn't it so spending all our day we spend all our day don't we with this external awareness so it's always external focusing everybody else and what's going on around us but your yoga practice is the one time that you switch that to being internal mm. awareness and I think that is so important and I think that has to be prioritized over absolutely anything just mm. to check in with you and how you're feeling and it's always those days that it's like jumping through wet cement I mean I have it now get on the mat I'm like my god it's literally like wet cement I feel like an elephant but you still learn something from those days actually probably more if you get on your mat and it's easy every day you're not getting anything from it are you it's the hard days that you still show up you've got to show up haven't you 
you got to show up. You got to show everything up to the plate. That's what life and is. That, and that's why I went today when my heart was saying, "Please don't take me there." Yeah, but my head was like, "Show up, tough titty, sister. You're yeah, off." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Do you know what I actually saw in myself today? And this is awful because this is a real proper confession. And so yesterday I woke up and I felt amazing, uh, mm. like really, really the best I've felt about myself in a really long time. And today. I just felt exactly like what you just said, like an elephant, like yeah, the biggest, yeah. fattest, heaviest <laughs> lump of cement known to man. I felt like I'd just come out of the old yeah. concrete mixer. And I was like, hang on a sec. Let's just look at this for a minute in my mind as I was practicing. And I thought, well, yeah, but if yesterday you felt incredible, light as a feather, mm-hmm. and today you feel heavy as a lump of, of, of yeah. cement, you, nothing's changed nothing's between today changed. and yesterday. It's exactly. just your head it's just, it's your, just your it's way mind. of feeling mm-hmm. and and you have to acknowledge that you know mm-hmm. that this this whatever you're feeling is just in your head and mm-hmm. um, it's not in your heart it's not in your being that's for sure yeah. and in that moment I was like how interesting mm-hmm. actually that I can feel right. so different about my body from one day to the next and I think yeah. I know that you don't get that but you know I I definitely do and I no, think as I a do. woman sometimes it is like really hard to persuade yourself that mm-hmm. from one day to the next nothing has changed you haven't put on 10 kilos overnight it's mm-hmm. not even possible but you might have just done certain things that just make you feel a bit heavy the next mm. day and, that, and that's okay you know it's okay to feel heavy and it's okay not to be able to get into a twist or a balance or a, a mm. feel weak and tired and a bit pathetic mm. but, you know just acknowledging that's how I feel today well of course then you have to treat yourself with a little bit of kindness with the rest of the day and just yeah. not hammer and tongs yourself because I was thinking oh I'm going to go to the gym after this no no I took myself home yeah no I chilled out I made yeah, you yeah, some yeah. nice brunch and got a bit homely yes. and got in the kitchen. And actually, I felt great. I felt really great after that. It took me a bit of time, but I got there in the end. And that's all you need sometimes. It's just the yoga practice in the morning and that's it, nothing else. That's what these old sages and yogis did, yoga, and then nothing else. But we have to also remember that we're living in the Western world, so it's not so easy. If we could all go to two hours of yoga in the morning and then sit and meditate in a cave for the rest of the day, then we'd all be very relaxed. But that's not our world, is it? Well, so certainly we not your to, world. You know, but we have to bring yoga into our Western world mm. and our Western way of living, which means that, yeah, you have to, you know, do the practice in the morning and then do whatever work you have to do in the afternoon, but give yourself a break mm. as well. Mm. Absolutely. That's what the, the yin and the yang is, isn't it? And if it's, you know, if that for you is being a purist and going home and having a mushroom burger and chilling out and whatever, then that's brilliant. If that for me and you is coming to this beautiful beach and having a mojito, then that's brilliant. Anything done in love is my, is my life thing. If it's done in love, it's fine. If you're unhappy and you're drinking or you're you know, doing whatever, that's not good. But if it's from a place of happiness and love, then it's okay. So there we go. <laughs> <laughs> some, some. Okay, so let's talk about something because, you know, you have a beautiful studio in Chesterfield, which is a place I'd never yes. frequented before you very kindly invited me to come and stay there. Yeah. And I was a bit... <laughs> Yeah, unsure, really, I suppose, what to expect. I I, I didn't really have any expectations. I'd never been there before. Um, And what I found was just one of the most beautiful, warm-hearted, down-to-earth, normal, hilarious, brilliant, fun, gorgeous group of people that I think I've ever met ever in the yoga world. It's like, okay, bring it on. This was just like exactly what I needed. I found a family. Um, And through our retreats, I've gotten to know that family, you know, even better and... Yeah, I just feel very connected to you, to what you created, and it's a reflection of you because yeah. you are 
very grounded, very fun, very, you know, northern and brilliant <laughs> in lots of wonderful ways that are just yeah, yeah. very different often to what I find here in the yoga community. I'm not, you know, yeah. it's just a diff- different space, different place to be in. Yeah. But um, I think um, that you give a hell of a lot to mm-hmm. that community and that crew. Um, and, you know, you do take regular breaks now, thankfully, to Ibiza. But I think mm. prior to that, you gave your absolute heart and soul yeah. and a lot more besides, actually, to that community of people who, you know, by any community, people go through a lot. And I think yeah. when you're giving, you know, a lot of yourself to your project, your business, your um, your love, you know, yeah. is, is, is distributed in so many different directions. You have a family, you have children, you mm-hmm. have you know partner you have a busy home life as well mm-hmm. I mean how I don't know I don't know how that you've really <laughs> given all those pieces of you in all so many directions that you have managed mm. to you've had people you know even I hope she doesn't mind me talking about it the last lady that we had on the retreat who we gave um yes a free space yeah, yeah. to Sally like, the most beautiful lady in the world who yeah, obviously yeah. just got over cancer was given a very short period of time to live and she's still with us yeah and I mean, the support that you gave her and, you know, the way that we witnessed her here in Ibiza was one of the most amazing things and the most heartwarming thing. And, you know, so many tears and magical moments on that retreat from her being there. The things that she shared in our circles of, you know, when we kind of got together and talked about how she was. And I just think, you know, I'd just like to say that you do give a hell of a lot to that community of people. And it really inspires me all the time when I think, oh, God. I'm knackered and I'm like I bet Taryn's even more exhausted <laughs> yeah. but you're not because you're a bloody powerhouse and it's like it's such an amazing thing that I find in you a quality yeah, yeah. that I know exists within me but I often give in to feeling a bit yeah. a bit done in mm-hmm. um, and you know maybe that's a self-indulgent quality in me but I know that you basically never rest until you get here and then you sort of collapse yeah. in a heap yeah, yeah. and it's like yeah it's nice to see you relax here this is a nice thing to do today because it's like yeah. you know you do give a lot and I just think recovery and rest and recuperation is is really important as well in the aftermath of that massively important and I do feel guilty for the first year and a half so I moved back to Chesterfield from London had this massive passion to open a studio there was teaching in London for years but there was a lot of it there in my hometown there was just no yoga in my hometown and like I say it is a bit of a as beautiful as it is I really don't want to sound like I'm putting it down because I adore it but there's a lot of mentality there of you know yeah you have to work at WH and life is shit and life is hard and just get on with it and I just wanted to bring this beautiful practice back because I know people would benefit from it there's quite a lot of depression in men there especially men of a certain everywhere. age everywhere well everywhere yes but it was particularly high there at the time I was hearing of a lot of my friends whose teenage son knew another teenage son who'd committed suicide and it just seemed to be a little bit more prevalent and there was no yoga there so, so yeah I moved back there three years ago opened the studio two years ago and for the first year and a half, yeah, I didn't leave. I didn't leave at the studio. And I remember getting to Goa to be with um, another beautiful friend of mine, Dee. And she just looked at me and said, oh, my God, you're so white. <laughs> my body you, had white? Seen, I know. But my body had seen literally no sunshine for a year and a half. I had, like, the blue-purple knees. Just was there, giving it everything I had. And I do, I do put a lot of time in it. My kids, that's the one thing that gets me. When they, you know, they're sad. I, I worked five nights a week and all day for a year and a half worked a lot did most of the classes myself I was teaching 36 classes a week when I opened the studio just me 
and then I got another beautiful girl called Layla who's like my right hand girl now there's eight of us there so it's just expanded and grown so I've stepped back teach about 12 classes now so I have more time but then running the business has taken over so you know I still have to put a lot of time in but um but when it's when it's a love and it's a it never feels it never feels like again probably cheese line but it never feels like a job it's just a love and a passion mm. and I feel even though now even now I don't pay myself for some months there's no, there's no money for me now there's more teachers I have to pay them so there's not, nothing left for me sometimes but it's not about that it's about I feel so abundant in my life so lucky so abundant I've got a beautiful home I've got I always have money for things I need always even if I think how the hell am I going to afford that it always just happens I can come here and be with you and be in Ibiza and you know lucky enough to teach between here and India and to me my life I feel super abundant and super lucky if I had 10 million pound in the bank I couldn't feel any happier I swear that's how I do feel and I think that's because I give I give such a lot and it comes back and it does and that is the natural way the world is so it never feels a chore to give because I have so much. Mm. And time, I suppose, is a thing. But, um, but yeah, when you see how much people are benefiting from, benefiting from it, there's no way that you, can, that you can not. And thanks to my mum and dad as well, who will probably listen to this podcast. I need to say a big shout out to mum and dad. <laughs> shout out to mum and dad who, swear to God, without them, would never have happened. They are absolute legends. They came on our retreat in February in India. Yeah. And I, yeah, they're both just powerhouses, just like mm. you are. Mm. Took me on hikes in, in the old uh, peaks. <laughs> I killed you. Good Lord. <laughs> My bottom wasn't the same for months. They just, just cracked they me up. They're so similar to you. It's ridiculous. Yes. And they did say to me after, oh, we thought Joe liked walking. <laughs> I was like, no, she does. <laughs> I met my bloody match, that's for sure. <laughs> but no, I mean, I was single at the time. Me and my partner were separated at the time. So I was a single parent. You know, he was there. We, we shared the children, so 50-50 with the children. But he, when, when the kids were with me, I was on my own. So I was, yeah, looking after two children on my own, setting up a studio. And without my mum and dad, it would just not have happened. They painted every black, glossed balustrade. And, uh, it's a stunning space. You've done a very stylish job on what I can imagine probably wasn't to begin with. It's just gorgeous. And yeah, yeah, that yeah, silver yeah. unicorn head as mm. you walk up the stairs, yeah, one of yeah, my favourite yeah. features. It's, it's just yeah, it's stylish and cool and lovely and beautiful. But it's plain. There's not, it's not very fancy. It's very white walls and natural wood. I think the fanciest thing is the unicorn head, isn't it? It's not, there's no bright colours. It's just natural. And it's like you me. sort of poking your head out of the wall. How it should be. Unicorn, the giant unicorn. I don't know. There's just lots of people arriving, staring at us because we're sitting here topless recording a podcast. Do we look look important? (laughs) Maybe they're still looking at my feet. (laughs) I think it's the elephantitis. That's what's done it. Who's that big old unicorn over there? With the really large. With the big fluffy muff. But yeah, you know, people do say that all the time about this. Oh, you give so much and. I swear to God, it never, it never feels like that. It doesn't. I love it so much, and I just want to share everything that I've got from yoga. And, and the people there generally do make it so easy because they're a bloody amazing group. They're an amazing crew, as you know. So lovely, so loyal. But then the more I've started coming here over the last six months, I'm like, no, I can back away. The plan was always to step back a little bit, spend more time with my children, which I do now because it's not sustainable to do that forever. And I wouldn't want to miss out on them. Um, 
so the more I am backing away, and some people are a little bit like, oh, no, don't like it when I'm away so much. And one student, and if she listens to this, she'll know who she is, in front of everybody did say, Taryn, it's fine. I was kind of making excuses and apologising, oh, I'm sorry, I'm going to beat them again. And I don't do that now. You know, I have to be here for my happiness, and that's fine, I have to own that. Um, but I was still in that apologetic mode of learning to step back. And she said, Taryn, we need you to go to Ibiza. That's where you get all your light. And we need you to come back and share it with us. <laughs> and to me, I was, that was beautiful. It was like, yes, if I'm going to be this, this positive energy in your life and deliver all of this here so that everybody can share, you know, the classes and the energy that I bring, then I have to have that energy. But let's turn that around. And I need to get mine from Because here. I think, you know, I've talked about this so many times before, but it's like my really old close friend from London Molly Gunn who has a website called Selfish Mother and it's like mm. about mums mm. who are selfish because they take time for themselves to recharge yeah, the batteries yeah. and come back the best version of themselves and yeah. ready to give to their kids again yes. it's like you know you do exactly that you yes. come here you recharge yes. the batteries you go back and you are the best version of you yes. ready inspired and recharged mm. and you know wanting and able to give mm. again because you are full up yeah. But when you're not full up, when you are literally power down, power out, yeah, yeah. that is not a good place to be for a yoga teacher. And I think it's yeah. quite easy to go there. I don't think you do that often. You come here sort of still a third full because mm. you're just basically like the bloody, you know. Uh, <laughs> the, I never uh, let myself get empty. No, but I think so no. many mums do. do. And that yes. is why the retreat thing is yeah, so valuable. Yeah. It's like, you know, is it selfish to go off and leave your husband and your kids and come on a retreat to yeah, be there? No. No, actually it's not. Because what are you going to go back yeah, and be yeah. like when you get there? And that's exactly yeah. what actually pretty much every beautiful parent who left mm. our retreat in September said. Wow, I yeah. am so raring to go when I get back. I'm a different person than when mm. I was when I left. And I've got so much more to give. I've got more yeah. patience. I've got more, you know, I've got more of everything. Yeah, like, they're just completely yeah. ready for action. And I think, you know, as we are doing today, having a, a down tools day, it's, yeah, it's yeah. important to take time out. And that means, yeah, yeah. honestly, not sitting on your laptop or just being seated. It's, yeah. it's, it's really leaving the space and going somewhere else. And I think when you get out of, like, your, you know, natural habitat, as I like to call it, and come to somewhere completely different, like a different place on yes. the, in the world, you yeah. really get that ability to view things from an entirely different perspective. And I think mm. that's really important because... You can't, yeah. you know, as Steve Jobs always said, you can't see how the dots are going to join up looking no. forwards. But when you look back, when you've got that ability to stay, take a step back, you can really yes. see yeah, how yeah. things are or how they were or the mm. changes you need to make. And you can't do that while you're in it. You can't see the wood for the trees when you actually go to a different mm. hemisphere. Mm. You can actually really see what's, you know, what's going on in, in its coldest, brutal, mm. hardest sense. And, you know it's not necessarily a bad thing it just means that you mm. can really figure out how you know the changes you need to make and what mm. it is that you need to gently round off or embellish or reconnect mm. or yeah just just reflection isn't it as well I remember on our last retreat talking about Sally the lady who was really poorly with cancer she came here still looking like a startled buddy bless her after six months of intense treatment and not knowing what was going to happen with her life she's got two small children same as me and a partner and I remember that day when I took a snorkeling and she just came out from under the water and sat on the rocks and said she looked at me and said oh my god that was a really intense six months wasn't it and then I, I so, so emotional moment because for that for, for the first time through the whole treatment as a mum you know as a wife as a daughter a sister which is what all these things that she is or she spent the whole time thinking of everybody else mm -hmm. and how they, they were reacting to what was going on with her 
So to bring herself out of that, that space to a different country on a yoga retreat where she was given that time to check in, everything we've talked about, she for the first time turned around and said, oh my God, that was mad. What I've been through was absolutely mad. And just allowing it all to soak in and reflect back, do the work that she needed to do. And I can't tell you, I showed you the photo of her the other day, that she's gone back to England with this absolute beautiful energy. She's had a new haircut. She looks amazing, mm. amazing. And she's taken all that back to her family, to her kids, to her husband, to her parents. So what a beautiful thing to do, not just for you. How is that selfish? But everybody else is going to benefit from that. It's I mean, not selfish. Th- th- that is the joy I mm. take from doing this podcast, and that's why I continue to do it. I mean, obviously, it's not particularly a hardship, drinking mojitos and <laughs> sitting on Citrincha Beach. Oh, but we've got today, don't we? <laughs> but for me, you know, this does take up about a day of my working week to record it to edit it and everything else besides and I don't get paid for doing it but the last lady we got on the rounding island walk um who came Brooke um with Toby Clark from Walking Ibiza who very kindly donated a space Mm -hmm. um you know and same thing and it was like she came here really anxious just lost a job depressed you know loads of really major mental health issues going on still which she acknowledged fully and bloody hats off to her to come here and and thrust herself into a you know a walk where she knew no one she didn't know how it was going to go and actually I mean the posts I'm seeing now on Instagram and the conversations I've had with her in the aftermath she's just you know she's just reborn she's found connections she found nature she found you know a real part of her again that was missing through Mm. the nature and just being here in Ibiza and being away from all of the other stuff that drives you kind of insane Mm. Um, because it's just so different here Mm. and of course yes it's not reality apparently but it is you know we make our own reality and everyone you know I'll never ever forget when someone said to me oh I think you've had far too much fun for far too long who shall remain nameless but it's like (gasps) no oh yeah I mean that was only about three or four years ago and that really stuck in my head for a really long time and I was like maybe I am just here having too much fun Mm. maybe I am not taking life seriously enough maybe I should go home and get a proper job and be really miserable like you know yeah, the rest yeah, of my yeah. colleagues were when I worked in a very serious newsroom in you know yeah, London yeah. as a journalist it's like no you know what yeah. so what if I'm having way more fun than most people um, yes. back there because that not that what life's about why does exactly. it have to be about being so serious and having a house and buying lots of things no. that you then you know have to work even harder uh, in a job that maybe you are not as keen on to mm-hmm. to keep all of this stuff that's I just really recognise isn't just that important mm. to me anymore. I've got like a really lovely home now. Finally, it's taken me a really long time to get there, <laughs> but now I have got there. Mm-hmm. There's not really much else that I need or I want in my life. It's like, yeah, this is perfect. This yeah. is actually perfect. I'm in an island where I really want to be, and yeah, of course, there's a few little yes. bits and pieces missing from the jigsaw puzzle. But please find me somebody else, yeah. somewhere else that isn't feeling a sensation of missing or lostness somewhere in one pocket of that tick boss tick box box. list you know not all boxes can always be ticked and if they are I don't actually believe you like it's a load of old cobblers like nobody's got all the boxes ticked always in any person any relationship any job Mm. any situation it's just like we just make the best of the one that we're in and then just Mm. enjoy the things that we do have and stop pining after and feeling really Mm. upset about the things that we don't have and that is where I have literally come to in the, in the course of the last 12 months mm-hmm. I just feel quite grateful actually to, it's mm-hmm. taken me a long time to really drop into that space and actually I'm just like beyond grateful mm. I feel grateful that's a good word I feel grateful every day for the 
Yeah, the wonderful things in my life. Absolutely grateful, but it's materialism's a big one, isn't it? And some people like that, some people need that, and that's absolutely fine, everyone's different. But I think if you can step back from the materialistic side of life and the desire and the wanting, you can find yourself in a very happy place. Because ultimately, that's the, that's the, that is the only meaning of life, isn't it? To be happy, surely. Mm. Like, if you just get rid of all the, shit, all the desires, wants, needs, blah, 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 blah. It's just about being happy, yet we, yet we put so much on that happiness and I have to have this and I have to have this and I have to have that when actually mm. you really don't. I just feel like, you know, I call it the game of life and I think a lot of people have talked about that on my last retreat. And it's, you know, it is a game. Happiness is the end goal. It's, the, it's, yeah, the, yeah, it's yeah. winning. Being happy is winning. Yes. It's like all so the be other... happy now. Stop yes. looking for shit to make us happy. Like, just be happy now mm. in whatever scenario that is in. Like whatever scenario that is, and I think it comes down again, doesn't it, to being, to being your yourself and knowing what it is, which is why yoga is so amazing because you listen to that little voice that's inside of you that you try and shut down so much. But if you listen to that little voice, it always knows the answer, always knows what you really want, and whether that be the same as this person or this person or this person or what your parents told you or how you think your life should be, you know, whether it's completely different or not, just go with that. But you, you said that lose. little voice, and that's a brilliant thing, because it's like, voice. why is it little? It. Why is it little? Why yes. can we not make that voice bigger and louder and stronger yeah, yeah, yeah. and deeper and, you know, yeah. give it a few more octaves? It's like, actually, do you know what? Yeah. No, that's well, the what voice. Happens, no, what happens if you don't listen to that little voice, though? It gets bigger and bigger and then starts to shout at you, and that's when we get kind of crazy. Is that why you're mental? Yeah, my voice is quite large. <laughs> <laughs> Same as my toe. <laughs> Toes. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, it's not just the one, darling, I hate to tell you. No, they're all the same. Just all, all ten Luckily for me. And I can do eagle poses. This little stand. piggy went to large school. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's really yeah. quite beautiful. I'm going to paint them. My dad said that to me once, Taryn, don't ever paint your toenails. You don't want to draw attention to them. <laughs> That's what my dad said yeah. when I was about 13. That's why you've gone for muted, sort of muted pale, words, yeah. dull beige tones on them. That's a very <laughs> cunning disguise, as Baldrick would say. <laughs> Got a cunning plan. <laughs> Let's just paint our toes the same colour as our skin. Well, Hopefully, like no one will notice how ridiculously big they are. Moving on from that, uh, we've actually, do you know what? We've been talking for over an hour, way longer. Okay. We have. Okay. And um, I think Let's we should end up. on what it is that we have to offer in 2020 because we've got some very ah, exciting things brewing. Yes. Um, yes, yes. First up is the first retreat of 2020 in March 17th to 24th yeah. in Goa, our other sort of favourite place. On the planet, another country yeah, beginning yeah. with I, which is obviously very important to us. Another country beginning with I is Ibiza. And mean? India. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, dear God. I just, I just thought, go, it doesn't begin with I. No, darling, it doesn't. <laughs> it's just okay, a state yeah. and India. a province of the That's wider true. format. India and Ibiza. <laughs> yes, so the 17th to the 24th, and then we have Ibiza in May. 22nd to the 26th. So it's another okay. bank holiday weekend, like we like to do. Nice. So people don't have to take so much time off work. And... Uh, down tools for too long talking of which we should also arrange some weekends in England which we should let everyone know about soon well Just actually some... one of the most wonderful things that I'm going to be doing next week um, I'd love to give a little mention to uh, again on this podcast we had Justin Manville as our last guest from World Unplugged but next week not only am I going there to record a podcast which I mentioned on the last show but actually mm. I'm going he's inviting me to teach yoga there in their Avalon yes. Wellbeing Centre now this is a stately home near Leeds um, yes. It's only like an hour's flight from Manchester or Leeds or Brow- you know, it's in a place called, I think, Broughton, um, near Skipton. 
and it is the most beautiful place and actually not only am I going to teach yoga there in one of my like literally wow kind of places when I saw the pictures on Instagram uh, it's got a stunning 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 yoga space but I think I have to definitely ask what kind of yeah. dates they have maybe for next summer or yeah whenever yeah. I mean I'd love to do something quite festive around Christmas but oh my god the mojito man's coming back uh oh running for the hills um, <laughs> but um, yeah we just definitely do something in England Absolutely. So many of my clients at Hurley Cow would love to do a week's retreat, but can't either get away from the kids or work or whatever. So to have a weekend would be a bit more accessible to people, I think, would be lovely. Yeah. I think it's good to mash it up to do something that sort of neck of the woods. Mm -hmm. Obviously, we've got our retreat in Goa, which is um, actually almost full in the the Mandala, which is right next to where both of us did our teacher training in the north of Goa in Mandram, with Uh the most gorgeous flat, flat beach that kind of feels like you're walking on the moon. Um, yeah, it's just a gorgeous, gorgeous spot. I'm very much looking forward to that. But of course, you know, kicking retreat season back off here next spring in May is going to be gorgeous as well. So, mm-hmm. yes, aren't we lucky yes, to be living this life and having, yeah, the most wonderful people that come on our retreats and uh, bring us all the joy to this magical white island. And I think yeah. we're both basically busting for the loose. We're going to go now. I'm sitting on my heel right now, <laughs> my rather large heel. Very so, Ashtanga. Pose that's Ashtanga-esque way. blocking off all one's tubes internally. <laughs> oh, dear Lord. Thank you for, for coming and, and joining me. Into it wasn't as bad as I thought. There I, you go. I enjoyed that. I could talk some more. <laughs> well, tough luck. It's over. We've run out of space on the old hard drive. Love you. Love you. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening here on the Reset Rebel podcast. Come and find us on Instagram at the Reset Rebel. And also, please, 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 if you haven't done already, if you are listening on iTunes, go and leave us just a one-line review. Give us um, a few stars, and uh, we will love you forevermore um, for cranking us up the old charts um, (laughs) on iTunes and um, giving us a little bit more traction. Lots of love. Until next time. Bye. Every day